RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to the Lawfather Podcast. As always, I ask that you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as that does help us out a lot. And if we've helped you out in the past on the law firm side, please go ahead and check us out on Google. And if you can write us a review and give us five stars, that would also be very helpful. So over the last few weeks, what we've done is we've covered a lot of things on voting and you know, what to expect as you're walking into the polls regarding the amendments and the candidates, especially here on a local level in Tampa. And then we talked a little bit about the voting uh, voting lawsuits, the election lawsuits from Trump and the Republican Party. And here we are today. We're a week past that. And, uh, you know, a lot has happened on those lawsuits. There's been some that have been dismissed. And, um, you know, I think they're going to quietly go away. I think one of the things that's really hampering those lawsuits is really a lack of evidence. So it's one thing to be able to say, I know something's happening, but it's an entirely different thing to be able to say, I can prove something is happening. And, and that's something that we run into uh, here on the law firm side. Uh, back in the deputy days, that was something that I would run into. Uh, you know, I'd show up at a house and the house would have been broken into, let's say, and the TV's missing. And you know, the, the homeowner goes, yeah, it's Johnny down the street. I, I know it's Johnny. Well, well, how do you know it's Johnny? Well, he's just a bad kid. Okay. Well, you know, it probably could be true, right? And sometimes we actually knew that person and kind of agreed that there was a high likelihood that it was that person, but wasn't enough to ever prove it, right? You didn't have anything that's a video, for example, that's, that shows Johnny walking in the door, taking the TV and walking out with it, right? Or being uh seeing johnny walking the tv into his house type of thing right so it's one thing to know something is likely true and it's an entire different thing to prove it and i think that's where we stand with that so i do think as we stand here today uh it is the 16th of november that uh, we're going to see joe biden as the next president which remains unchanged from what we talked about last time so anyway We've talked a lot about really kind of heavy topics, so I want to lighten it a little bit and take it back to the TV days. Uh, as you may have heard in the past, I uh, used to do a segment called Case or No Case, and uh, the host on the daytime show would have to guess which of these cases was a real case uh, or which was a viable case uh, and which of them were not. And so we're going to do that today. You're going to play along here on the podcast and, you know, I'll open this up to you. Go ahead and drop your answer in on Instagram. I'll put a post up uh, here shortly and go ahead and drop your answer in for today. And uh, you'll actually have the answer by the end of the podcast. But if you can think of it and want to give an answer on Instagram prior to actually getting it on the, uh, the podcast here, go ahead and do so. And if you have any follow-up questions on it, as always, reach out to me at 855-LAWFATHER or lawfather at tampalawfather.com. Both of those numbers get you directly to the show and directly to me uh, for the, the show purposes. So we're going to get into the Black Friday edition of Case or No Case, right? We're coming up on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is about a week and a half away. So that puts Black Friday about a week and a half away and not sure what it's going to look like this year in terms of places being open for the masses to go in. Uh, and I know that we've seen that in the past, but let's take a look at these. Here we go. Number one is the case of the stuffed lobster. 
James goes to Costco to buy some things for Black Friday. He walks past the live lobsters and decides he wants one. James doesn't want to pay for this lobster, so he sticks it down his pants. The lobster pinches James. There were no signs warning of the dangers of live lobsters. James is hurt and he sues Costco. Does James have a case? That's number one. Number two is the case of the mad gamer. Carl is working at GameStop. GameStop usually accepts trade-ins, but wasn't due to it being crowded for Black Friday. A man walks in, skips the line demanding to trade the 150 games he brought with him. Carl tells him to come back the next day. The man gets mad and starts throwing the games at Carl. Carl is hurt and sues GameStop for his injuries. Does Carl have a case? Lastly, number three, the case of the stampede. Maria is at Walmart for Black Friday shopping. Maria is first in line outside of the store. This Walmart is known for having large crazy crowds for Black Friday. There was no security provided by the store. An employee pretended to open the doors, but then walked away. This caused the back of the crowd to start a stampede towards the front of the store. Maria is knocked down and stepped on. Maria is hurt and sues Walmart. Does Maria have a case? So we have number one, the case of the stuffed lobster. Number two, the case of the mad gamer. And number three, the case of the stampede. Now, some of these may sound familiar. Some of these actually are really rooted in, in real life events that happened. Okay. But just because you get hurt in a store doesn't necessarily mean that that store is responsible for your injuries. So I'm going to take a quick moment of pause here and I'm going to let you know that if you are following along and want to get your answers in on Instagram, now is the time to do so. And so we're going to go over the titles once again while you're doing that. The case of the stuffed lobster is number one. The case of the mad gamer is number two. And the case of the stampede is number three. So which is it? The real case in this one is number three, the case of the stampede. Maria and Walmart. So Maria is the only one that has a viable claim for personal injury that is against the premises. All right. Why is that so? So let's take a look. Let's look at number two first, because number two, Carl does have a claim that he can make against GameStop. Okay. He actually can make two claims, right? The, the first claim that Carl can make is against the man, right? The man who threw the games at him committed what we call is an intentional tort. Okay. Uh, so you have Torts is the overall thing, and that's what we work with all day, every day in terms of car crashes, but those are negligent type claims, okay? Then you have intentional torts. Uh, somebody throws games at Carl and hits him. Somebody throws games at Carl and almost hits him, but misses. Both of those are what's called intentional torts. Somebody did some action on purpose to cause somebody injury. And that's what we have here with Carl. So Carl could actually go after the man who threw the games, but also, Carl would likely have a workers' comp claim that he could file uh, against GameStop, okay? Um, the reality is GameStop is likely big enough to have enough employees to be required to carry workers' comp insurance. And doing so, it doesn't matter in workers' comp who caused the injuries. The only thing that really matters is, were you working at the time of the injury? And if so, you're covered. 
right? Now, there's multiple different facets this can take where workers' comp just pays for your medical treatment and you continue working. There are such things uh, as workers' comp claims, and that's something that we don't necessarily handle in-house. But if you have questions on that, be more than happy to pair you up with an attorney that we work with really closely on those uh, because they're, they're really nuanced and it's really important to get those right. So that's what the case of the mad gamer looks like and why that one is not the correct answer. And then number one, the case of the stuffed lobster. Why is that not the right answer? Well, here's the thing. It's pretty open and obvious that lobsters can be dangerous, right? Uh, that's why they actually have uh, rubber bands usually tied around their claws. Uh, and you know, maybe if uh, one of the lobsters didn't have rubber bands tied around their claws, maybe you could have a potentially different scenario here. Um, and actually I was reading a story recently that uh, a, I believe it was a store employee went into a lobster tank and took the rubber bands off of one of the lobsters and the lobster actually killed all the other lobsters. So apparently uh, that may be another reason why they have rubber bands is because they inherently will kill other lobsters if they don't have bands on their hands. Um, so not to be confused with the bands that make them dance, but uh, bands on their, their hands and claws. Um, Look, James was committing theft at the time, all right? A property owner has, you know, less rights to protect you when you're breaking the law. Okay, trespassing, theft, that type of thing. Uh, open and obvious condition. I don't see a way that the store would envision someone sticking live lobsters down their pants. Uh, it's a little bit ridiculous. So I can't imagine that being a case that survives. So that then brings us to Maria and Walmart. And why is it that Walmart could potentially be responsible for these injuries? Because Walmart didn't necessarily cause a stampede, or did they, right? Walmart didn't directly cause the injuries. The stampede, the individuals involved in the stampede directly caused the injuries, right? Well, two-part thing here, and I threw it in in this scenario with the employee coming to the door because you know we hear about these Walmart issues fairly frequently on Black Friday, okay? Not necessarily any other time of the year or any other day of the year, um, but I, I'd say at least three or four Black Fridays now we've had and, and seen in the news this type of scenario. And one of the things that we look at is the foreseeability. Is it foreseeable that you could have a crowd at the store and is it foreseeable that the moment that store opens because of the supply and demand, if you will, right? You have a limited number of products and more people out there that want those products that are on sale than the products that exist. So they come in, they, they're rushing through the doors because they want to get to their the stuff that they want to buy as quickly as possible. They want to beat everybody else in there uh, for that. So we know that that's something that happens, right? The very first time that happened, does the store get a pass? Yeah, most likely so, okay? At least on some levels, I, I would expect them to get a pass. I mean, I, I suppose it is always inherently foreseeable that you could have a stampede such as that, but you know, by and large, I, I think they would get a pass, but it's happened so often now that they don't. So the store would be responsible for implementing some security measures so that that stampede scenario doesn't happen, okay? Or it's minimized, right? So if you take security measures and 
they don't work, but they're legitimate security measures, then the store is likely not going to be responsible. But because they took no security measures, the store, I believe, is ultimately going to be responsible. And just to turn it up a little bit on the store to show them even being more responsible, that act by the employee of going and pretending to open the doors but not could have created a frenzy. And that employee should have known not to do that, right? Uh, we'd have to dive into why that happened. And was it, uh, you know, even if it's an honest mistake, I, I still think that that comes into play in terms of showing, okay, Walmart's at fault because, hey, any store in any business is ultimately responsible for the acts, the negligent acts of its employees, okay? Not necessarily intentional acts. So if the employee punched somebody in the face, most likely the store is not going to be responsible for that. There are other reasons why they could be, okay? Um, and not to get uh, in too much detail, but negligent hiring and retention is the concept that deals with that. But kind of beyond what we're looking at today, we can discuss that at a later time. But for all of those reasons, Maria is the only one with a personal injury case. So that is the Black Friday edition of Case or No Case here with the Law Father. Uh, if you have any questions on it or want any more details, reach out to me on social media or lawfather at tampalawfather.com. Uh, two very good ways to reach out. So I want to take this and transition just a little bit into a listener question that we had here. And it comes from a car crash case where a lot of the listener questions that we have come from. And the person was involved in a crash and the person that hit them had the state minimum of coverage, okay? And the the person who owned the car, the person who asked the question, they had the state minimum as well. And the Florida state minimum is $10,000 of personal injury protection and $10,000 of property damage protection. So what does that mean? Well, the state of Florida, whether you agree with it or not, protects other people's cars, but not other people's injuries. Okay, at least on the most basic level. So your $10,000 of personal injury protection covers you and your injuries, regardless of who's at fault. And the $10,000 of property damage coverage covers the damage that you do to somebody else if you were at fault. Okay, uh, somebody else's property. So their car, um, a street sign, a retaining wall at a house, that type of thing. Okay, now this person they had $15,000 in property damage coverage, or excuse me, they had $15,000 in property damage, meaning that to repair their car was going to cost $15,000. So the person who was at fault, their insurance paid 10,000. And the individual asking the question had $5,000 that they were going to come out of pocket and have to pay. And they didn't really understand how that could be the case. So here's what happened. Because the person who had the 15,000 in, in, in damage, and it wasn't their fault, they only had the state minimum, which the state minimum doesn't require you to have comprehensive coverage or collision coverage. Comprehensive coverage covers everything. So uh, when you hear the commercials for uh, getting your, your windshield fixed, and hey, you can get your windshield fixed for free in Florida, but you have to have comprehensive coverage. Otherwise, you're paying for it out of pocket. Okay, so that's kind of an important aside to this is if you don't have comprehensive coverage, you might want to look into getting it. Uh, if you ever have a rock in your windshield and it cracks, it actually covers it for free, the replacement for free. Uh, it's part of your coverage. 
collision coverage is the important one here in this scenario and that's what covers you for the damage to your car and it's it's really essentially no cap okay uh, there's a deductible usually 500 a thousand um, could even be higher than that but those are are the the variety so you you have no deductible 500 a thousand and it can go up from there depending on the insurance and what what you're willing to pay and all that but that's how you protect yourself so if this individual had collision coverage that other 5,000 would have fallen into that collision coverage and they would have been fully covered minus their deductible so really important to make sure that you have the right insurance coverage and as i've mentioned a few times here today uh as far as reaching out if you have any questions on that i'm not an insurance agent however working in this we can help give you some ideas of what helps protect you right what's the best way to protect you in the case that someone hits you because there's a lot of people running around out there here in florida uh, with no insurance at all or the state minimum for insurance and uh, there's a lot of gaps when you have uh when you get hit by somebody in either of those two scenarios so that said that is the black friday edition of case or no case your listener question for today and check us out on social media instagram facebook a little bit on twitter uh, as always it's the law father here straight from law father headquarters law father out This is a Live Bold and Boss Up Quick Fix on Radio Influence. So on to our tips and tricks for making shit happen. (laughs) Other than just being your amazing self, how do you do it? Yeah, I mean, so I'm sure you guys have been in kind of like a funk before, right? Like you're trying to work hard and be successful and, you know, flourish in whatever it is that you're doing and your goals. But you know, sometimes you fall short and you're like, okay, what, what is it that I'm not doing right? Or what is it that I'm not learning? Or, you know, did I not try a certain door or a path? You know, what's keeping you from accomplishing your goals? So today we wanted to talk about, you know, just how to make it happen for yourself. What we found that works for us and what we found that works for other entrepreneurs and just kind of give you that like light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, just glimmer of hope, right? Something new to try. I think that these, these things will, will help you kind of move throughout your day and really figure out how to, how to make it happen for yourself. Yeah. Do you ever feel like there's some people, it's just, they have the best luck, whatever they touch turns to gold and they're just the luckiest people on earth. Like, how do they do it? They're so successful. They always have good things coming to them. And then you also know those people on the other hand, where it's like, bad things always happen to them and they're always like have this negative mindset. So I feel like in order to be successful in the first place, you have to have a positive mindset. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think it starts in your mind, right? In your head, knowing when to switch, switch off. I mean, it's fine. You can be sad about something or bummed about something, but you know, think it and then move on. Live Bold and Boss Up with Stephanie Marchese and Ashley Jiraki can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. 